What's up, family? What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing today? Yeah. Amen. Can I have all y'all stand up? We uh, want to say happy Memorial Day and um, thank you for all the people who gave their lives for our country. Can we give them a big hand? Amen. Their families. Amen. Hopefully you all have, uh, enjoy your families today. We also want to congratulate all the people who graduated from something to something. Can I get amen? Amen. You graduated, huh? <laughs> no, matter, no matter how long it might have taken you to graduate, God bless you. Congratulations. Um, on June 10th, which is two Saturdays from now, we're going to have a one-day event called Encounter. We have it every three months. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to get, have an, a, a more powerful freedom deliverance experience with the Spirit of God. And we all carry a lot of baggage in our life. And that day is going to be uh, very revelatory. I'm going to be speaking at that. It's June 10th. We'll be telling you about it next week as well. But if you could put that on the calendar, if you want to have a breakthrough in your life, a spiritual breakthrough. How many of y'all need a spiritual breakthrough in your life? Come on now. Encounter is it. Encounter is it. Amen. Um, uh, God prepares me for sermons differently all the time. Sometimes I'm excited from worship. Sometimes I'm emotional from something that happened that week or that day. Sometimes Sunday morning I'll have something blow up in my life and I'm mad or sad or anxious. And, and he uses that in the message. Um, today I was, uh, before our first service, completely exhausted. I mean, it's like I had preached five sermons and I, I was just tired. And, and the Bible says when you are weak, then you are strong. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm going to get out of the way because you want to do something. Uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit today, next week and the week after. And uh, my encouragement to you is that some of you all are very familiar with the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, oh, that's, that's weird, whatever. My encouragement to you is that you would allow the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you. And you allow him to do what he wants to do in your life. You can't do anything, nada, for the kingdom of God without the Holy Spirit. You are not saved unless you have the Holy Spirit. You are not a Christian. It is the Spirit of God living inside of you. And so it is critical that you understand who he is, how he operates. You feel comfortable with him. You feel comfortable getting to know him. And so I want to encourage you today, and we're going to be saying Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit over and over again today to get you more comfortable even speaking the words. And by the way, when you speak something, it's more powerful than when you think it. Your words have power and meaning. God spoke the world into existence. He gave us the power of word for a reason. And so my encouragement to you is that as we're talking about this, you would um, be receptive, willingly receptive, intentionally receptive to the spirit of God in your life. Amen. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you are here. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge that you have a mind, that you love us, that you care for us. You have a plan for our life. And that you are the one we are to communicate to. And that you are guiding us. And we pray for supernatural encounters with people today. In Jesus' name and in the name of Jesus, amen. Give someone a high five next to you. Turn to Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, fifth book of the New Testament. There was a construction company, land development country, uh, company in Texas. And they had three owners, managers. They owned it. They operated it. 
and they were equal partners. And one of them was the guy who came up with all the vision and direction for the company, and especially if they had an opportunity to develop 100, 300, 500 acres, he was the main guy to give that vision for that development. Then there was another uh, member of the three who made sure all the contracts were in place, signed the contracts, negotiated the contracts, made sure it got paid for. And then there was a third person who actually did the work. This guy went down and made sure the work got done according to the specifications of the other two and the three collectively. Um, this is how the Trinity works, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is very hard to concept. We use three but one. They are so intimately involved and connected to each other. They, they are one, but yet they are three. Matter of fact, when a woman and a man get married, the two become one. It is symbolic of the Trinity. The two become one. And we learn that over time. My grandparents, when my grandfather died, he was 81. They had been together 60-something years. And when you're with somebody that long, you actually start to think like them and you have to say stuff. My wife and I will say the same thing at the same time. Random. We become more and more one with that person because we are designed in the image of God. So the Father, God the Father sets the table. He says, here's the, here's the master plan of salvation, the master plan of salvation. I'm going to send my son at this appointed time. He's going to die and rise from the dead. And then Jesus comes and lives, dies, and he pays for the contract. The contract that you can show to God, God, I have entrance into heaven. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. He bought you with his blood and he signed the contract. He paid in full what you owe God for your sin. Every single one of us owe God our life for our sin. And Jesus said, I'll pay for your sin if you let me. So he died on the cross. He paid for the sin. And then 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. And right before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, don't do anything, nothing, until you get the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to go to heaven and be seated at the right hand of the Father. And then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. Ten days later, which is 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, is Pentecost. Pentecost is a Greek word. It, goes for, it represents 50. 50 days after the, resurrec uh, the resurrection, the Holy Spirit came and the church was birthed. We're going to read about this. But here's the thing. The Father has the master plan. Jesus signs the contract. And the Holy Spirit does the work. The Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. You're gonna, I'm going to ask you to say that probably 100 times today. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who lives in you. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Now the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit of truth. But the Holy Spirit is the one who lives in you. He's the one who talks to you. He's the one who, who you interact with. He's the one who loves you, encourages you, and rem reminds you what Jesus said. He teaches you. He opens up scripture to you. He guides and directs your life. He is your liaison to the Trinity. So it is critical that you understand who he is, how he operates, and that you are comfortable with him, talking to him. Now, he doesn't have a name. He has a title. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the advocate, the paraclete, the helper, the counselor. He, and, and by the way, some people always want to try to give him a name. He doesn't have a name for a reason. Now, I don't know what the reason is. My guess is that because he's such a servant, he doesn't want any attention on him. But that's just my guess. But the fact is, don't give him a name if he doesn't have a name. He's the Holy Spirit. It's a title. He's a spirit, he's a, a spirit that is separate from all other spirits. 
He is pure. He is, he is holy. He is uh, perfect. And all other spirits, no other spirit is like him. And he's a spirit. We're going to talk about more about his nature in a few minutes. But the Holy Spirit is who is in you. Everyone say the Holy Spirit lives in me. If you, if you are not a Christian, then the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you. If you've never asked him to forgive you of your sin, Christ, then you do not have the Holy Spirit. If you do not have the Holy Spirit, you are not a Christian. You're a human. Okay, so you need to have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is what seals you for your salvation. It's the Spirit of God. And so you, it's important for you to understand. Now, the Spirit of God wants to do stuff in your life. The Spirit of God wants to pray to you and we're going to talk about a lot of that. So next week we're going to talk about three baptisms. And one of them is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The week after that, we're going to talk about miracles and power and, and, and the fruit of the Spirit, the, the getting free and speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that. Why? You need to know about it just so you know about it. Now you're going, I ain't going to talk in no tongues. Well, you're already talking in tongues. tongue. It's called English. <laughs> but think about it. We have a language. Everywhere you, go in the, everywhere you go in the world, everybody who could speak or is not speak has a language. Sign language. French, Italian, Spanish. We all have a language. Why can't God have a language? So we all have a language. So, so, so just understand, we were made in the image of God, and we're going to get more into that in a minute. So everything that we have is really a version of what God made us to have because he has it. So when people speak in tongues, and there's guidelines, and we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, uh, in, in a couple of weeks. But God may speak to you today, and you may go home tonight and start the boom shakalaka in your closet. Don't trip because the Holy Spirit, if, if that's what God wants you to do, why are you tripping? Who are you to say, tell God what he should do in your life? Can I get an amen? It, it, this is not like a multiple choice. It's like, well, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this. I mean, you could do that because he gave you freedom. But why would you not want everything God has for you? I want everything God has for me. Can I get an amen? Now, if you say, I don't want everything God has for me, what you're actually saying is that I know better than God. I don't know you, but you're wrong. Because no one knows better than God. No one knows better than God. Okay, so let's, let's get into it. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. We'll do this because today is Pentecost Sunday, by the way. Amen. Holy Spirit, we realized thousands of years ago that you birthed the church. And the church was birthed not by a 501c3 contract. It was not birthed by a nonprofit organization. It was not birthed because the pastor stood up and said, come listen to me talk. It was birthed because the Holy Spirit fell. So Holy Spirit, we want you to fall today. We want you to baptize us today. We want you to fill us up today. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 50 days after the resurrection, Jesus walked around for 40 days. 40 is the number of testing. And then 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came. And the Spirit Santo. It said, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them, Divided tongues as a fire and one sat on each one of them. Say, I want Holy Spirit fire. Come on now. Be careful what you speak. Be careful what you speak. They are all filled with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So all these men were looking at all these people, boom, shaka, like I said, and they were like, what's going on? They're drunk. And they said, Peter said, no, 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 no. They're not drunk. Let me explain to you what's going on. And it says in verse 38. Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a gift. Say the Holy Spirit's a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. He's also a promise. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them and said, be saved from this perverse generation. 
Um, in case you haven't noticed, we live in a perverse generation. Back up. The United States of America is perverse. If you don't believe that, God's got to open your eyes. This country has said no to God. And you as a believer are a target. And if you don't feel that, you are walking, you must be walking with darkness. Because this country is pushing God down into the toilet and elevating everything that's not God. And you will become a target. I'm a target. And let it not surprise you because they killed Jesus. There was a teacher I just read today. She was fired from a job because she posted scripture on her Instagram. What? It's there. So when, when our country has pushed God away and the only thing you have is going to be the spirit of God. The only thing you're going to have. It is so critical that you and God are tight because the day is coming where you're going to go, where do I go? How do I live in this place and still be faithful to my Lord and not be in conflict? That day, that, that is becoming more and more difficult right now for you to live in, live in harmony with the Spirit of God and the Bible and everything the Bible teaches and not be in conflict with the world. And so don't think that's strange. And by the way, the decision you're going to have to make is do I hold on to the world or do I hold on to God? And you have to make that decision. But I'm going to tell you what, don't fear man who can only kill your body. Fear God who can kill your body and so on and else. So you got to hold on to God. And if it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day 3,000 souls were added. What's ironic is that in the Old Testament, when Moses came down with the law in the book of Exodus, 3,000 people died. When Moses came down and gave him the law, his brother Aaron built a golden calf, and, and, there was, and God judged them, and 3,000 people died when Moses introduced the law. When the Spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost, this is the birth of the Christian church. Right here when the Spirit of God came, 3,000 people came alive and got saved. Now, here's the point. The point is that the law kills and the Spirit gives life. The law kills and the Spirit gives life. You don't want to be a legalistic Christian. You want to be a Spirit-filled Christian. You want to be talking about life and love and forgiveness and grace. So, the Holy Spirit, everyone say Holy Spirit. We're going to practice. You're going to get tired. But, this, but I've already said it five million times in the last service. So I'm, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm not going to give you any grace. I just want to, I want to encourage you to speak. Everyone say speak. You're going to, there you go. Come on now. Come on now. Say, everyone say Holy Spirit. We're going to say that about 30 times this sermon. Now, here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is God. Say God. The Holy Spirit's a person, say person. person. And Holy Spirit lives in you, say lives in you. And when I say person, I'm not saying human. I'm explaining, I'm not gonna get into it now. I'm not saying he's human, I'm saying he's person. I'll explain it in a minute. First, he's God. He's all knowing, he's all powerful, and he's everywhere at the same time. Only God is all knowing, all powerful, and is everywhere at the same time. So, three things he was involved in creation, he was involved in salvation. He was involved in judgment and a bunch of other things. We're just going to give you these three. Number one, the Spirit of God participates in creation. Genesis 1, 2. The earth was without form and void, chaos, and, the, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Say with me, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. organize my chaos. <laughs> 
bring light into my darkness. If the Holy Spirit did that over the planet, he could do that in your life. Come on now, somebody. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit participates in salvation. John 3, 5. Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he will not, uh, born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to be born of the Spirit. You need to be born of the Spirit because the Spirit of God is, is what's going to seal you for the day of redemption. The Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit transforms us into the image of God. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Say freedom. freedom. You don't need it. When you come to church and, and, and wherever you go, if the Spirit of God is directing you, just do what he says. Don't be all bottled up. I see some of y'all worshiping God, the creator of the universe. You're worshiping him like this. There we go, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Yet you go to a Padre game and you you long gone buck wild, lost your ever loving mind. <laughs> My wife is like all of a sudden a Padre fan. I mean, I like Padres. No, I'm not getting wrong. I like, but I'm upstairs and I'll hear her go, ah! And I'm running down. What? 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 Many of a child dropped the ball. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where the spirit is, is freedom. Holy Spirit, go, go over here, Miles. Okay. Get on your knees. Okay. Start whistling. Okay. What you want me to do? You don't have to, you don't have to answer to anybody except me. You don't have to answer to anybody but him. Now, if he puts you under someone's authority, then you obey him in that context. Okay, God, how do, you, how do I submit to this person? But at the end of the day, it's him. And it says, verse 18, we all with unveiled face holding it as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Everyone say, Holy Spirit, transform my life. Holy Spirit. Transform my mind. Holy Spirit gives resurrection life. Romans 8:11. But if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. give me resurrection life. Amen. Give me resurrection power. The Holy Spirit participates in judgment. John 16, 8. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Convict me of my sin. But just a little bit at a time, please. Because if God showed you all your sin, you would die. You'd be like the witch on on the Wizard of Oz. You're like, melting, I'm melting. Just give me a little drip, just a little, little drip, God, like, a, like an IV. Just give me a little drip. Just show me a little bit. Let me repent. Ooh, I'm, I'm that. By the way, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. You and I are more wicked than you know. How many of you ever, how many, how many of you ever said it under your breath in some form or fashion, oh, he just think he all that. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. You're a sinner. How many of you ever said, I ain't that bad. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, you're a sinner. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, st- I mean, when you got dressed this morning, you were sinning. Not all of you, but some of y'all went, oh, oh, he going to look at that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, he going to think about that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You were sinning, girl. You were sinning. There's a demon right up on top of your closet. Yeah, wear that. Wear that. <laughs> 
Only you can judge what that is. I'm not talking about all you ladies. I'm not talking about all you ladies, but there's probably one or two here. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is God. Everyone say the Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I acknowledge you as God. I acknowledge you as all powerful. I acknowledge you as omniscient, which is all knowing. I acknowledge you as um, uh, omni, uh, omnipresent. Omni is all. Um, omniscient, omniscience, all knowing. Omnipotent, omnipotent, all powerful. Um, omnipresent, all present. He's all that in the bag of chips and the factory that made the bag of chips. <laughs> so he's all, say, Holy Spirit, you're all God. Holy Spirit's a person. Now, when I say person, I'm not talking about a human because what makes you a person is not your body. God made you and I in his image. Where we get the concept of what a person is comes from what God gave us as we discover it. But it originated with him. You are a person. But your personhood is not your body. I was watching um, on um, Instagram, there was a, a little ad um, of a, I call it a robot, but it was an artificial intelligent being. And it's a human replacement. Those are my words. I don't know what they call it. And it was a woman. And if you just glanced at it like that, you would say, oh, there's a woman. She looked, had a face, hair, eyes, lips, nose, and she was talking to a person, a real person. And this woman, this particular one, is a personal assistant. And this robot, I call it a robot, said, oh, I am so-and-so's personal assistant. I think she had a name. She says, I can do whatever you want. I can, you know, order your food. I can cook your meals. I can do whatever you want. I'm your personal assistant. And this, and this person, human, said, you're, you're amazing. You can do billions of computations in seconds. You're actually more intelligent than people. She says, well, yeah, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be here other than for the intelligence of people. But, yes, I can do multiple, multiple billions of computations in a, in a second. AI is going to replace most of the need for humans. AI is going to replace a lot of the jobs you have. That's a reality. This is why there's a lot of people asking for regulation because they see how evil. AI can actually take your voice and make you say anything it wants in your voice with your face. It's going to destroy lots of people's lives. And so, so this person, this AI robot was having this conversation talking about I do this, I do this. And then the person said, you're amazing. You could do all these things. And then the robot said this. That's true, I can do that, but I wouldn't be here other than for the intelligence of people. But, I, but humans have something I will never have. And he said, what's that? A soul. What makes you a person is a soul made in the image of God. Animals don't have that soul. They don't have relationship with God like we have relationship with God. They can't love like God. They can't communicate to God. They can't speak to God and have a relationship like we can. Can't understand his word, teach his word, live out his word, respond, forgive, etc. They're, they're more programmed. They're more, they live by instinct and DNA. We have relationship. We have freedom to say no to God. 
You and I were made in the image of God as a person. But our personhood and everything that makes us a person, our personality, our ability to love, our ability, our ability to, to forgive, our ability to encourage, our ability to, to understand and think and reason and learn, all that comes from God. We got that from him. He made us in his image, not the other way around. We think everything begins and ends on us sometimes when, oh, we're, we're it. No, no, no. He's it and he made us a little him and we need to learn what we are by learning about him. So we're going to look at this image on the screen. Now, don't get confused by this image that that's a man because that's just what we think as a person. But it's not that. It's just an image. It's not what God looks like. God is a spirit. Are you all following what I'm saying? It's the characteristics of that. Matter of fact, that and all this is just a package on Watch this, an invisible, non-physical soul. When you look in the mirror today and you go home, look in the mirror. I know you're going to look in the mirror anyway because that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, look good. Look at hey, What's up? What's up? We all do it. Can I get an amen? Everyone looks in the mirror. Okay, everyone got a mirror. Okay, if you ain't got a mirror, you look at your iPhone. Put it on reverse. Hey, 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 what's up? That's, what do you, why do you think selfies are so big? Because it's about me. When you look in the mirror... Who are you looking at? You're not looking at your face, even though that's what you see. But your face is not you. Your soul is you. And guess what? Your soul is non-physical and invisible. You'll never see it. And you can't touch it. But yet that's who you are. Why? Because God is physical, non-physical spirit. So 18 characteristics if we get to all of them in a few minutes. One, he has a mind. We're going to go top, right, down. He has a mind, Romans 8, 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Everyone say, Holy Spirit, give me your mind. He, he speaks, Acts 8, 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Okay, let me say this, very important. I know some of y'all are listening and learning, but please, the more you say it, the more you're going to learn it, the more you're going to declare it over your life. So just for a few minutes with me, we got about, excuse me, 10 minutes left. We're going to say these out loud. I want you to declare these truths over your life, and I want you to declare them to him. Holy Spirit, you speak to me. Please speak to me. He wants to talk to you, and he's been talking to you, and, and, and because you're not comfortable with his voice or uh, acknowledging, recognizing his voice, he's going in and one out the other. You think it's you. It's thinking, you think it's you. It's him. The Holy Spirit's the one telling you to take that job. The Holy Spirit's the one telling you not to take that job. The Holy Spirit's the one telling you to date that dude. The Holy Spirit's the one telling you to run, far as run from that dude. The Holy Spirit reminds us, John 14, 26, but the helper, another name for the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. He's a teacher also. And bring to remembrance the things I said to you. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. remind me what Jesus said. Imagine if you're in an argument, you're getting ready to talk to somebody, going to this big confrontation, and you're like, Holy Spirit, please speak to me. Remind me what you did. And he pops in your head a verse. He pops in your head a, a story. He pops in your head a perspective that you forgot. That's how he operates. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. Romans 15, 16. That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles and ministering the gospel of God. That the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable. Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Sanctify me, separated one. Say Holy Spirit. Sanctify me. Set me apart from all that displeases you. Say it out loud. Say Holy Spirit. Sanctify me. 
Imagine if every day you woke up before you opened your eyes, Holy Spirit, sanctify me today. Set me apart for your purpose. Holy, this is what you should do. This is what prayer is. Holy Spirit, sanctify me. Everyone, raise your left hand and just say, Holy Spirit, sanctify me. Say, Holy Spirit, I surrender. Have your way with my life. Uh, the Holy Spirit inspires prayer, Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a prayer language for you. I, I said in the beginning, why can't God have a language? Of course he has a language. He gave you a language. He gave you a language so you would understand how to communicate. You think he speaks English? You think he speaks Spanish? You think he speaks Italian? You, speak, you think he speaks uh, uh, Swahili? He knows all that, but he gave, we figured all that out. He's got a superior language than that. Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit. Give me my language. Ooh, when you're home tonight and you're praying and something starts babbling out of your mouth, boom, shaka, laka, laka, let it happen. <laughs> don't trip. Don't trip. Because if it's coming from God, it's good. And by the way, I don't believe in that. Well, it probably won't happen then. <laughs> but it might. I've seen God do stuff that well, you don't think it's going to happen. Bam! And all of a sudden it's happening. <laughs> he won't kick you. That's just me. He'll more just pat you. Yeah, like that. You know. Holy Spirit's intelligent. 1 Corinthians 2.11. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Say, Holy Spirit. Tell me the deep things of God. About me. What do you know about me that I need to know? I had a 15-year-old girl and her family in my green room, and then my niece and my nephew's wife, who are 30 and 32, in my green room. We were all together. And the 15-year-old girl, I know since she was a little kid, and, and, you know, I'm always on about, you know, boys and all that kind of stuff because she's 15. And I said to my niece and my nephew's wife, what would you say to the 15-year-old you? Say it to her. Holy Spirit, what would you say to me now? Tell me what I'm missing. Say, Holy Spirit. Tell me about me. What is more important to you than what God thinks of you? Nothing. Imagine you go home today and just sitting, pen and paper or something to write on your phone. Holy Spirit, tell me about me. Am I really arrogant like people say? Am I really lazy like people say? Do I put in an honest day's work at my job? Most people I know don't. It's all about how to scan the system. Holy Spirit, do I really worship God the way I should? Do I really tithe? Most people don't. Do I really serve? Do I really take my Bible study serious? And if you let him speak to you, he's going to be like, I, I can't tell you to answer those questions because you made me melting, melting. <laughs> but let's just start with one at a time. And let me, Holy Spirit talking to you, ease you along. Because I have so much I want to tell you. But you're not ready to receive it. Because I don't know if you'll take me serious. Look what the next one says. Number seven, Holy Spirit provides access to God. The Holy Spirit provides access, Ephesians 2.18. For through him we both have 
access by one spirit to the Father. Say, Holy Spirit, give me access. Open doors of opportunity. If you want it, say it. Open doors of opportunity. I mean, maybe you don't want access. Maybe you're good where you're at. I want access. Show me something I ain't never seen. Give me something I never had. Give me opportunities that I never thought possible. He's a comforter. Acts 9.31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, can you comfort me? Because this brother over here ain't doing a good job. <laughs> My friends ain't doing a good job. I need your comfort. Say, Holy Spirit, comfort me, please. How many of y'all need comfort today? Raise your hand. Let me call my friend. No, please call your friend. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not saying don't call your friend. But the reason we call our friends is because we want someone to hold us, we want someone to comfort us, we want someone to tell us what we need to hear, tell us what we want to hear. And God's like, okay, cool. But I do that. I can do that. One of the, in the back room, 15-year-old girl, 30-year-old, and 32-year-old young ladies, one of them said to the lady, don't be dependent on anything but God. 30 years old. If I can give you advice, don't be dependent on anybody but God. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, we have a lot of false sense of security. People in our life, money, job, it's all temporary. The only thing that's for show is the spirit of God. Remember, he's all powerful, all knowing, and all present. You have to. And know him. He's a comforter. He leads us into battle. Matthew 4, 11, The Holy Spirit as a person leads us into battle. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Oh, 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 why would God lead me into battle? Oh, no, no. Battle's coming. Battle, you're, you're fighting the devil every day. You, the, 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 when you ask God to come in your life, God is not there to guarantee you that you'll have no problems. That promise is never made in the Bible. But the promise is that he will secure victory through that battle. Now, you may lose a fight. You may get fired from your job or lose a job unfairly, whatever. But God is going to have victory in your life by turning that into something powerful in your life. So if you have Christ in your life and you have the Holy Spirit in your life, Lord, I don't want to go into this battle without you. Because if I have you, I'm good. My, 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 my father was a cop in New York City. He was, he was a... Patrolled, and he was detective, and he was arresting cops. And he used to take me on ride-alongs as a decoy. I was his decoy. And then he would say, hey, go down the street, look at this building, see if this guy's standing in the doorway. And so I'm like, yo, I'm doing surveillance for NYPD. Where am I? I, I got to sign, a, a, you know, some kind of insurance thing, and I need to get paid. This is like, I'm scared. How are you? This is like child abuse. I was like, Dad, you really? And I was like, okay, okay, I'll do it. And he says, I'll be right here. Yeah, but can you come with me? I mean, you being here is not going to help me out. I knew he was with me. When you go into battle, the Holy Spirit's with you. The Holy Spirit separates us from service. Acts 13, 12. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, separate me to me, Barnabas. God wants to separate you. Say, Holy Spirit, separate me onto service. The Holy Spirit loves you, Romans 5, 15, 30. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers. Holy Spirit loves you. Say, Holy Spirit, I know you love me. 
I need to love you back. The Holy Spirit uh, interprets scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. For they are foolishness to him, nor can they he know them. Say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes up to the spiritual things in my life. Help me understand the Bible. Help me understand the deep things of God as they pertain to my life. You can remember that. Help me understand the deep things of God as they pertain to my life. Yes, very good. It's not, that, it's not that complicated. It says the Holy Spirit strengthens us. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might through the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, make me strong. Some of y'all are crumbling. Listen, pressures of life, the uncertainty of life can crush you. Stand up. Holy Spirit, you got me. We're going to deal with this. The Holy Spirit can be grieved, Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Sometimes the Holy Spirit listens to what we say and goes, ooh. Watches what we do, ah. Watches where we go, ee. Sees who we're hugging up against, ay. <laughs> say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. Show me what grieves you. May what grieves you, grieve me. The Holy Spirit can be assaulted. Hebrews 10, 29. It says, how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and insulted the spirit of grace. Say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to insult you because I know you're not stupid. The Holy Spirit helps us, John 14, 26. But the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Say, Holy Spirit, help a brother out. I hear the sisters, okay. I was going to give you your cross. I was going to come back to you. I was going to come back to you. Help us say, help a sister out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on now. Help me, God. Help me. I'm working it, but I need some help. <laughs> he can be lied to. We got two more. He can be lied to. Say, Holy Spirit. I don't want to lie to you. Peter said, Ananias, why has the Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And lastly, he has a will. Say 1 Corinthians 12, 11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. Say, Holy Spirit, I know you have a will and desire for my life. I want that. The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person. Can relate to you in more ways than any person you know. And will relate to you in the same ways and more than any human you know. He knows everything about you. He's the best friend you could ever have. He's the one who lives in you. Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. Lastly, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And I'll just do one verse, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Often in our mind, we think, I got to go to the church building to be in the presence of God. 
He lives in you. We go to the church building to be in the presence of many of us where two or more gathered, there he is in our midst. We come here to worship. We come here to serve. We come here to learn from each other and be encouraged and challenged. This is critical. But he's not limited to the walls of this building. He lives in you. If you want him, he will fill you. He will baptize you. He will give you power, gifts, revelation, opportunities, access, more than you can ever ask or imagine. Some people walk in that favor of God and some people don't. Two people can pray to ask Christ to be their savior and this person says, I'm just going to do it on my own. And they don't change at all. Matter of fact, they get worse sometimes. And this person has favor, opportunity, blessing, unexplainableness about their life. Doesn't mean they don't have pain, don't mean they have a sorrow, but there's something like, dang, I want that. That's the spirit of God. It's not their intelligence. It's not their Bible knowledge. Bible knowledge is, faith, is useful, but it's not information. It's la presencia del Espíritu Santo. The presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. You want that. So here's what we're going to do. Y'all give, y'all give me the, y'all give me the, wait, wait, yo, yo. Come on now. Come on now. Don't, y'all, y'all, y'all. Y'all started to give me the Pope thing. No, no, I'm sorry, Miss America, Miss America. We're going to pray and we're going to give you opportunity to receive salvation. But for us to pray for you, that you may receive power in the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit, whatever God wants to do, whatever you want. There will be people down here to pray for you. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on down. But here's the thing. You have to do your, you know, when you come near to God and draw near to God, he will draw near to you. But if you say, God, you do it all. It's like, look, I, I already died on the cross. I did way more than enough. I need you to now step. Step. Everyone say step. Okay, when you say step, it's like, it means step. Okay, so in a minute, I'm going to pray. Now, while I'm praying, if you feel like the Holy Spirit's just like, I don't want to wait to the end of the prayer. I'm ready. I want you to come on down. Here's the last thing I'll say. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to do anything freaky to you that you don't get blessed by. I'm not saying it won't be freaky. <laughs> it ain't going to be freaky. It's going to be beautiful. So if y'all can move those little wires or whatever that thing is right there. There you go. Yeah, you just move that, move that. We're going to have some people. As I'm praying, if you feel like I'm going down there before he ends up, because this is going to be me and the Spirit of God. Just get up out of your seat. If you're, in the, if you're in the balcony, just get up and walk around and come down. And the ushers will bring you down, down the side of the steps. But any of y'all, while I'm praying, I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads. Listen very closely to my voice. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Stop looking at me. Bow your heads and close your eyes. As I'm praying, if you feel like I want more from God, just get up out of your seat and come on down. Holy Spirit, I pray before I do this final prayer that you would just prompt people on their own to get out of their seat and come on down. Eyes closed, heads bowed. This is between you and God. This is also an opportunity for you to say, I hear God speaking to me and I am going to obey. 
This is a test for you and God, between you and God. Because he's going to speak to you at work tomorrow. He's going to speak to you in the club next Friday night. And he's going to say, what are you doing here? And he's going he's to see if you're going to obey him. He's going to speak to you at, at, at your house when your kids throw milk on the floor. Holy Spirit's going to say, don't yell. And are you going to obey him? So right now, if he's speaking to you, get up out of your seat and come on down to the altar. Holy Spirit, I pray you move on this church. Lord, teach us to obey you. Teach us to hear you. Teach us to listen to you. Teach us to submit to you. God bless you. Teach us to be a reflection of your thoughts, your desires. Teach us to respond when you wink. When you look left, we go left. When you look right, we go right. Teach us to be humble, obedient servants to the Spirit of God. God bless you. Just come out of your seat. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait because I don't want to. I just want to see what God's going to do. What you're going to let God do in your life. Teach us to allow you to guide and direct us right now. God bless you. God bless you. Lord, Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall. I'm going to ask you over and over again. And I pray as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, you would say with me, just with your mouth, just say, Holy Spirit, fall on me. Say with your mouth, Holy Spirit, fall on me. Holy Spirit, baptize me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Say with me out loud, all the people in the, in the congregation, say, Holy Spirit, fall on me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, give me a prayer language, Holy Spirit. Give me a prayer language so I can pray with power, not with my mind, but with my heart. Holy Spirit, do something supernatural in this church. Do something supernatural with all the women in the house, all the men in the house, all the fathers and the daughters and the, and the sisters and the mothers and the cousins and the uncles and all the people who want to have kids. I pray you open wounds today. We pray for healing, supernatural healing. We pray for people who are depressed and have anxiety. We deliver that and cast it out in Jesus' name. We exercise authority over every demonic influence in this place. We, we, we exercise authority over every disease and every illness and every lack of self-esteem and every warped perception that we have about ourselves. Holy Spirit, do your supernatural work because we cannot do it. We thank you in Jesus' name for being here. If you are sitting in your seat, eyes closed, heads bowed, and you say, Lord, so I want more of God. I want to be born again, or I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, or I just want to be full. I want prayer. I want encouragement. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, dear God, please forgive me of my sin. I submit myself to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Spirit of God. Anoint my life for your service. Separate me from everything you don't want me to be around. Renew my mind. Take out my heart of flesh, a heart of stone, and put in a heart of flesh. Open my eyes to your plans for my life. Give me access to the things of God that I don't have access to now. Jesus, I surrender. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to get up, stand up on the count of three. Spirit of God, we need freedom in this room. And you said where the Spirit is, there is liberty. We need freedom in this room. And I declare freedom over every person in this room. You don't need to worry about who's to your left, right, behind you. It doesn't matter. This is between you and God. We live for the applause of one, our God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the 301. So if you prayed that prayer on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And by standing to your feet, you are declaring, yes, I am standing for my Lord and Savior. I am responding to the pull and the tug and the leaning of the Holy Spirit in my life. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer with me, for any reason, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. One, two, 
Three, stand to your feet. God bless you, stand to your feet. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you.